Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello, and welcome to episode number 18 of the Property Magic Podcast in which I'm going to share with you how to negotiate a great price on your next property investment. And I'm also going to share with you the very best negotiation question that will save you thousands of pounds or even tens of thousands of pounds off every single purchase you make going forward. So my aim is really to give you a resource that you can listen to just before you do any big negotiations in the future. So In my simple process, there are three steps to any negotiation. The first step is preparation. Second step is making the offer. And the third step is following up. But first of all, let me talk a little bit about the psychology of negotiation. So as a potential buyer, you're in a really strong position. Think about it. The seller needs to sell this particular property, particularly if they're a motivated seller that we've talked about in episode number six of this podcast. But you've got to remember that you don't need to buy this particular property. There are plenty of other properties for sale and you only buy this one if you can get a great deal that works for you. So in other words, don't become a motivated buyer. This is a big mistake I see people make, particularly when they first start to learn about property investing. They learn all these strategies and they really want to get a property under their belt and they suddenly become this motivated buyer and they make mistakes. So make sure that doesn't happen to you. So the only time when this doesn't work is maybe when you're buying a property for you to live in yourself. And that's more of an emotional purchase. Now, on several occasions, I've been advised by a partner at the time that I had better not mess up the negotiation because they really wanted the house. So no pressure then. But most of the time, that's not going to be the situation. And you don't really need to buy this house if you don't want to. Now, a lot of people really worry about having to negotiate on the spot and maybe not getting a very good deal. But the reality is you don't have to do that. You can prepare in advance to reduce the pressure. Now, this does require some thinking before you negotiate. You need to work out specifically what you want and you need to understand also what the seller wants as well. And hopefully there's going to be a mutual win-win that works for everyone involved. So the first thing you want to do when doing your preparation is to think about what do you want? And you need to get really clear on this. What's going to be the best scenario for you? What purchase price and terms do you want? And what would be the worst case scenario that you would be happy to accept? And also, at what point do you walk away? Remember, you don't have to buy this property. There's going to be a point where it's just not a good enough deal and you walk away. And if you're prepared to do that, very often the sellers will come back desperate to keep you as a potential buyer. So once you understand what you actually want, the second consideration for you to think about is what can you actually afford to pay? So you work out the numbers to check that this investment stacks up. Based on the cash flow and the return on investment, what can you actually afford to pay for the property? What's the maximum price you can still pay and still be happy? Now, anything above that price and you need to be prepared to walk away. Less than that and you've got a great deal. And also remember that price is not the only factor. You can negotiate on terms as well. So 
What I mean by this is when do they actually receive the money from the transaction? For example, you could do a purchase lease option that I've talked about in episode 11 of the Property Magic podcast, or you could do an exchange with delayed completion. Also, you can do an exchange with delayed completion. Now, do you pay in one go or do you make stage payments? Or would they even consider vendor finance, which is one of the creative strategies where you don't actually put a lot of money into the deal? So all of these considerations you need to think about so you understand what is going to make a great deal for you. Now, once you're clear on what works for you, you need to understand what works for the seller. And it's very important to never make any assumptions about what they want. Now, most sellers do want to maximize the sales revenue they can get from the property, but that's not the case for all sellers. Motivated sellers, for example, they want speed and certainty, which means actually if they get that, sometimes they'll take a lot lower price because the price isn't as important as actually getting the property deal done. That's often the case if they've had a numerous sales fall through in the past. So it's really important for you to build rapport with a seller. You want them to like and trust you, and then they're more likely to open up to you and tell you what's important to them. Now, a great question that I like to ask a seller is, look, if you had a magic wand, which you could wave and make this look however you want, how would you like this scenario to look? What would be the ideal outcome for you? And so you're getting them to open up and really share what's important to them. Now, once you understand obviously what you want and what they want, you've done your preparation, you know how much you can afford to pay, then you can move to the next step, step two, which is actually making the offer. Now, you need to mentally prepare for this because there's going to be a balance, a balance between the fact that you want to make money from this, but also you want an ethical win-win for everyone involved. So you want to get a good deal, but you don't want to push it too hard. So I've got a great question I want you to think about. When you make an offer on a property, do you want the seller to accept your offer? Think about it for a minute. When you make an offer on a property, do you want the seller to accept it? Well, most people would say, well, yeah, of course I do. I've, I've worked out what I can afford to pay. Of course I want to accept the offer. Well, here's the reality. If they accept the offer, it means you've probably paid too much. In fact, you want them to say no so you can then go into the negotiation process. So when making the offer, you know what works for you and hopefully you've got to find out what works for them. A great question to ask them as part of that process is once you've built the rapport, you can ask them this. You say, what's the lowest price you can take and still be happy? So this is a great way of getting them to, to think about not what they, what they want, but what they need. And I've had people drop 20, 30,000 pounds when I've asked that very simple question. So let me say it again. What's the lowest you could take and still be happy? If I think about all the money I've saved and made using that question, it's probably at least a couple of hundred thousand pounds. So please, please make sure you use that question. But only once you've built a great rapport with them and they feel they can trust you and open up to you. Now, hopefully there's going to be some common ground, an area that works for you and works for them so you can make an offer that's going to be a real win-win. Now, a little bit of a tip here is I would suggest you make an offer on every single property you view. Why do that? Well, a couple of reasons. First of all, it's great practice about putting offers in. A lot of people are nervous about that. The more offers you do, the more relaxed you're going to be. And of course, you will adjust the offer according to how much you want the property. 
you know, if it's one you really want, is your locate location's perfect, the numbers all work, you're going to offer a slightly higher price, closer to what you can afford to pay. If it's a property you don't really want, you can make a very low, embarrassing offer, a price at which if they did accept it, you'd have to buy it because it's such a deal. But they're probably not going to accept the offer, and so it's not going to be a problem. So you've worked out what this property is worth to you and what you're prepared to pay. And then, and this is, can be difficult, but this is what we want to do, where you've worked out what you can afford, put in your offer, but take off 10%. So let's say you're prepared to offer 200,000, you take 10% off that 20,000 and offer 180. Now this is going to be a low offer, an embarrassingly low offer, but you need to get comfortable with that. Because sometimes after a bit of thought, they might say, yeah, okay, fair enough. And you've just saved yourself 10%. Usually they're going to say no, but you've then got some scope to negotiate and come up with a price that is going to work. Now, once you actually put that low offer in, you don't say anything at all. You shut up because there's going to be a silence and you want them to speak first to fill the silence. A mistake people often make is they make a nice low offer and they start trying to justify it. So just put the low offer in and see what happens. Another alternative is what we call a this and that offer. So sometimes you make two different offers. You say, well, if you want a fast sale, I can pay you this, which is obviously a low price because you're moving quickly. Or if you're flexible on the terms, I can pay you that. So that might be when you might use a purchase these option because you can give them a higher price because you're buying in the future. Or if they want the money now, that's going to be a low price because you can move quickly. So this and that offer can be really useful. And the reality is, you know, one of those offers probably will work for them and one probably won't. But when making two offers, they're kind of rejecting one, which makes it more likely for them to accept the other one. So the final step, number three in this negotiation process, is to follow up. And this is where many people just completely fail. Because remember, we want them to say no, because if they say yes, you've offered too much. So when they come back and say no, what you do as a follow-up question is say, okay, so maybe that wasn't enough for you. What would work for you? So you're getting them to put a stake in the ground and really think about what might work and, and communicate with you. And what you don't want to do is increase your offer. You need them to counter offer and come back to you and then you can offer against that. And, you know, take time to reconsider. When they come back to you, don't say yes straight away. Take a little bit of time, but not too long, just so they know you're thinking about it. Now, let's say you've offered 200,000 and they say, no, that's just not enough money. And they come back and say, it's got to be 220. And instead of going back and splitting the difference, which is what most people do, you should never do that. There's a great book by Chris Voss about never split the difference, by the way. But you should make a small increase. And when you make that small increase, make it around a number. So let's say you initially offered 200,000. When you go back, make it 203,870 pounds, for example. So it's an odd number. And it looks like you've worked out, well, okay, if I increase it, how much can I go up to rather than just most people would go to an even number like 205,000 or 210,000. So make it an odd number. And psychologically, that looks like you've been thinking to arrive at that figure. And then you leave the offer on the table. So 
Again, they may not accept you straight away. You ask them what's going to work for them. You do a little small increase. And, you know, sometimes just coming up a couple of thousand pounds on your low offer is enough for them to accept the deal. That's because psychologically they've had a win. They can tell their mates down the pub, you made this low offer, You uh, sorry, that you made a low offer, they rejected it and they made you pay more money. So often just a couple of thousand pound more has that effect. Now there's a couple of points to think about here. Remember, sellers become more motivated with time. You might make an offer now, they reject it and you know most amateurs will move on thinking, I'm gonna go and look at the next deal. But you need to proactively follow up. This is one of the easiest things to do that's going to help you do more deals, but it's also a very easy thing not to do. Many investors will rely on the seller or the agent coming back to them. Well, don't do that. You need to follow up and make it a daily habit if possible. So an action for you right now is if you have looked at a property over the last few months and you made an offer that was rejected, make sure you go back to the agent or the seller this week and see where they're up to. And if they haven't sold, they're probably going to be even more motivated and say, look, I know I made the offer that wasn't enough for you. So what would work for you? And start to re-engage in the negotiation process to see if you can get a deal. If you apply this three-step method of preparation, then making the offer, then follow up, you will pay a lot less for each of the properties you purchase moving forward. So I do hope this has been useful for you, and I really recommend you listen to this before you make any big negotiations. Now, in the next episode, I'm going to share with you details of the most important skill that I believe you need to master as a property investor, which is how to find great property deals. And finally, I wonder if I can ask you a favor. If you found this useful, it'd be great if you could give me a five-star review from wherever you downloaded it and specifically what you liked about this so more people can benefit from listening to these podcasts. I really appreciate that. So that's it. Until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property training for free. All of the details are in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.